0: Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast, number 1940, the topic is nutrition and the title is Nutrition Focus Progression for Personal Trainers. Now, this would be for anyone, but I wanted to include personal trainers in the title so it got their attention. <laughs> uh, so, uh, one of my clients, my business clients, And that is typically somebody who's in the fitness industry and they want help with either doing their job better or making more money, (laughs) helping uh, increase client list, uh, whatever it might be. So we meet every week virtually and then I share with them a lot of information on what's worked well for me so far (laughs) in business. Um, Now, those are typically personal trainers. Actually, over half of my clients are personal trainers, which I absolutely love. So I did want to share a conversation that I was having with that client in today's podcast because I think it would be very helpful. So this client, I actually help them with their business. They have a training studio that they started and they run with a couple other trainers. They're not the lead trainer, but they do kind of uh, it is their their you know their business and the trainers work out of there but he likes to think of it as a team so there isn't necessarily a lead trainer but he does help manage the other trainers and he writes programming for classes and his individual clients so he has me helping him by doing nutrition for his clients and writing out his nutrition and training because he's overwhelmed with everything else. He just wants it to be a little bit easier, but he wants to make sure he keeps up with his aesthetics and the way he looks so that we can continue to grow the business and feel better. Uh, so I'm helping him out in that way. And in our discussion, he said he would like to know a little little bit, like just a little bit of an overview of what I do with the nutrition clients, uh, now that he has a chance to breathe, he's gone through some uh, kind of projects. So he has a chance to breathe a little bit. And he's like, Could you give me a rundown of what, what you do with the clients? So that way, when they ask questions or whenever I talk to them, I have a little more of an idea of kind of what's going on and where they're at. I said, Great. So that's what I'm going to share in today's podcast. The first thing I always do is, anytime I'm working with somebody with nutrition, uh, I always track adherence. If you, if you, if you don't track anything you're doing, you have absolutely no clue what the hell you're doing. Human beings, including myself, we are all fantastic at lying to ourselves. We are so full of crap, it is unbelievable. Meaning, whenever we have a diet, we will say, oh, I'm following the diet. But when you look at the person's actual habits, nope, nope. <laughs> so they'll miss a few meals here or there, they'll skip a meal, they'll be late on a meal, they'll eat foods that maybe weren't necessarily the best, but we have rationalization for all of these choices, you know, or they'll eat extra, but they don't, you know, track that, uh, so like, oh, I just have a few snacks here or there, but I don't track that because it's not much. Bullshit! (laughs) You know, a calorie is a calorie, you gotta pay attention to that, uh, so, We don't want to lie to ourselves, and since we're so damn good at it, it's good for us to set up a protection to where we can't possibly lie to ourselves. So it is good to track what we're doing. Now, some of my clients will use nutrition tracking apps, some of them we just actually have created uh, like meal options and if they stay within the meal options, they're great. If they go outside of the meal option, they just let me know. Uh, so every one of my clients has an online journal that's an individual document just for them. They can write in a 24-7. I respond every single week uh, to their individual questions and kind of what's going on. So sometimes we'll do tracking apps. Sometimes we'll have just options. If they stay within, if they go outside of that, they just let me know. We also will do time blocks, and that could be The most common version of that is we break the day down into three six-hour sections. So typically we sleep six to eight hours a day, so that leaves us 16 to 18 hours of being awake. If we think of it as three sections of six hours, that covers most people's day. So whenever you wake up, the first six hours of being awake, you aim for a third of your calories and protein. The second six hours of being awake, you aim for a third of your calories and protein. The final whatever hours of being awake, you aim for the final one-third of your calories and protein. Now... One of the reasons why I like that is is it accomplishes the goal of tracking calories and protein. They only have to track it in six-hour blocks. They only have to track one or two meals at a time to make sure they're on track, which is much easier than tracking 24 hours. People will forget what they have for breakfast (laughs) by the end of the day. And then also it it controls timing. So we know now that we're not having all of our food at the end of the day or you know, kind of mismanaging our food. One day we have a huge lunch. One day we have a huge dinner. The next day we then would skip breakfast. We have a moderate lunch. But then a super like large dinner again, and it just kind of gets chaotic. It gets inconsistent. When we have inconsistency as deficits and surpluses, we have increased amounts of body fat. Now, it might not be that you're gaining body fat, but you're losing body fat, not as efficiently as you could be. So, we want to streamline the timing a little bit, get more consistency with our deficits and surpluses, and then the person is leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner, even if the calories haven't changed. They can actually be leaner at the same amount of calories if their timing has previously been absolute crap and we got it to be more consistent. So, time blocks I'm really a fan of because it it controls a couple factors for us rather than having to individually control those factors on our own, but... That is uh, kind of one way, so we have apps, meal options, time blocks, and then in a case of emergencies, when somebody has just gone off the rails, uh, or they're just so overwhelmed, I have them send me a photo uh, via text every time they eat a meal. I do not do this very often, because I do, uh, I'm fortunate and blessed to get to work with a lot of people, I don't want 7,000 photos of, you know, eggs (laughs) in my text messages, but There have been times where people have just, they're struggling. You know, the app is, their life is so chaotic, they're so overwhelmed. Uh, They maybe are so new to the app, they don't have the time to kind of invest into learning it. So I'm like, hey, for the time being, let's do this option. But then you've got to set aside an hour to learn how to use this app, or you've got to set aside an hour to plan out your options. You've got to practice the time blocks for a day or two. So in, in the case in which they're drowning, (laughs) drowning, we will do the photos, let them catch their breath, and then we move on to one of the other methods. Uh, But that at least has some degree of accountability, and I can actually coach through the photos. So if they send me a meal and it looks you know, say it's all carbohydrates and there's no protein, I can pretty easily see that. (laughs) And I can say, hey, we kind of didn't have enough protein here at this meal. Maybe next time if you're going to have those carbs, here are some protein options that pair well with those carbs typically for most people. So I will do some coaching through some photos every now and then if I need to. But tracking apps, number one thing. Time blocks, another number one, the common one we use. Um, Then the meal options is less common because it has a little more restrictiveness, uh, but it is still an option. So I have one client, I'll, I'll pull this up while we're uh, chit-chatting, and so one client, we started working together, and they told me a little bit about what their normal daily routine was. So I was like, okay, well let's let's look at those meal options, let's write those down, and then from there, let's look to kind of build on that, meaning we know that these are now decent options, but let's give you a little more to think through, a little more uh, autonomy, a little more responsibility, so that we can create more variety. So their are days, uh, for example, breakfast on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Sunday. If they eat at home, they have three eggs, uh, buttered, wheat toast, coffee, and lemon water. Sometimes they'll go to QT, which is like... Um, like a Sheets or a Wawa, like a gas station, uh, but like decent food for a gas station. (laughs) Uh, And they'll have like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. They used to be having a cinnamon roll. I said you got to ditch that cinnamon roll. Too many calories. Uh, Then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they'll eat at a restaurant nearby. Um, Three eggs, buttered toast, two slices of bacon, coffee, and water. Or they'll get the egg white omelet with ham and cheese with buttered wheat toast. Or every once in a while, they'll go with... um, a family member, and they go to a donut shop, and they get a donut. And I said, that's great. Just add a protein shake, you know, get a core power drink, carnivore drink, some kind of ready-to-drink, or a powder. Just get some protein in with that donut. Because they didn't do it so often that it was any kind of a concern. Then lunch, they eat out. So it could be at, like, a, a pokey Poke Bowl's, uh, Dragon Express, Fuju, Japan, Mr. T- uh, Tokyo. I don't even know what half these things are. So we talked about different options they would eat at those kind of places. So I looked at the menus and gave them options for each menu. Uh, We talked about a dinner, We can do, uh, this person is not a vegetarian, so our dinner options are uh, meat, carb, and vegetable. If somebody's a vegetarian, I kind of switch the wording to a protein, carb, and filler, like protein, carb, and volume, or protein, fat, and volume. So we want something that gives protein, something that gives some energy nutrients, whether it's carbs or fats, and then volume in the meal. So you would wanna make sure you're eating enough at that meal to feel full, so that's usually gonna be very low calorie uh, vegetables. So we talked about different options there. And then snacks, some ones they commonly eat, uh, cheese sticks, nuts, drumics, mix, protein bars, granola bars, Greek yogurt. I said, oh, that's great. So we cleaned up what they were having, gave them those options. But then also, they have the uh, time block. We know that for every six hours of the day, they're supposed to consume somewhere between 800 to 1,000 calories and around a minimum of 50 grams of protein. So that's their goal. So they know per six hours, whatever they have available to them, wherever the hell they are, they got to get somewhere between 800 to 1,000 calories and at least 50 grams of protein. We have their daily target as well so that way if they mess up a time block they would just add some calories and protein to the following time block to still catch the daily numbers so their daily numbers are 2,400 to 3,000 calories 160 to 240 grams of protein and less than 60 grams of sugar is what we're aiming for so that's an example where a client we have 24 hour numbers we have per six hour numbers and we have meal options and i'm really trying my best just to say hey if you eat anywhere in any of these parameters it's going to be an improvement from where we were we're going to see an improvement of what we've been getting and then we'll fine-tune and, and refine things as we go from there but that's an example of how we track things and then adherence we want to have usually 10 out of 14 days where we actually followed the plan we didn't overeat we didn't undereat we didn't miss our protein we didn't over consume sugars we kind of got everything right. It was a good day. And we want that for 10 out of 14 days. What I've found, and I've worked with people since I've been 18 years old, uh, so I'm 40 now, so it's been 22 years, well over 3,000 clients. I stopped counting at 3,000 because it was high enough to count for. Um, I've worked with people in every facet people brand new to lifting uh people have ifpb pro cards natural pro cards people are elite international elite powerlifters i've worked with professional athletes olympians you name it i've been there uh and in all those cases what i've found is that 10 out of 14 days they can make progress it's maybe like slow progress uh but it's still progress if you're not adherent at least 10 out of 14 days you're not going to really get much so you're going to feel the pressure of the diet every day But if you're not hitting your goals at least 10 out of 14 days, you're not really going to see much for your effort. So we have to get it to 10 out of 14 to actually see some progressive movement forward. Then, ideally, we'd like to be hitting 12 out of 14, so 6 out of 7 days, where we maybe mess up a day a week. Eh, If you mess up a day a week, it's not usually going to mess you up too much. You're still going to see really good progress. So my job then is to help them identify why we are not consistent. Like what's holding us back? If they're if they're not hungry in the morning, but we need to eat in the morning. If they're if they're super busy during the day, and then they always skip meals during the day. We got to figure out how to get some meals in during the day. If they run out of meal ideas, I send them a bunch of meal ideas. If they don't know how to plan social events, like a lot of clients have, they have a job in which they have to go and be social. So they're like, well, how do I fit in drinks? And I'm like, so we go through that. We talk about how to order at different restaurants. Uh, we go through a lot of stuff, and that's my job is to help them solve inconsistency problems, give very simple solutions, get them to being consistent, and then we can start to really, really make some progress. Now, what we aim to be consistent with, you've already got a hint at, is number one, uh, I don't talk about it very often because it's just kind of like something I automatically do, but I probably need to talk about it more, is hydration. We need to actually drink some freaking fluid. So many people are ridiculously dehydrated. So, Uh, I've worked with people where they won't even hit like 24 ounces of water in a day, and I'm like, oh, how are you alive? (laughs) How do you not just feel like total crap all day? Uh, So we talk about how to get more fluid in and how to be more consistent with that, how to kind of disperse that out throughout the day. A lot of times, especially personal trainers, you can't just be peeing 17 times a day. So we have to make sure that our fluid intake matches our food choices so that the water doesn't go processed too fast through us. So... I have trained in the past where I was on my feet 10 to 12 hours a day with 10 to 12 one-hour sessions a day. And I could only pee at the end of each session. (laughs) So if I had to pee 15 minutes into a training session, I was out of luck. I had to hold that for 45 minutes and just deal with it. So I got very good at timing and matching the volume of food matched with the fluid that I could drink at that time to make digestion possible and feel comfortable but not over consume fluid where I had to run to the restroom. Now that's a little tricky Uh, people with different jobs we have to go through that kind of stuff but we go through it so hydration is something we look at calories we track calories every day we track protein every day and we're attentive to timing we don't want to have all of our food at the end of the day i know there's intermittent fasting i know there's a lot of other diet styles that do that and if that's where somebody wants to start awesome i'll start them there we'll do great but eventually i do start to kind of spread that out a little bit and open up that time window it just better matches how the body actually utilizes food and there are cases in which People will have great results, feel wonderful doing intermittent fasting. If they're happy, they're getting the results they wanted, great, let's leave them there. But there are also times where if somebody does like time blocks, they might find if they don't, if they can't train at that exact around that exact time block, they're training maybe the next morning or midday. They're kind of just feel like crap a little bit. They're not getting great results in training. They're not getting good strength progressions. They're not getting good muscle growth progressions or performance progressions. All of a sudden, we start pulling a little bit of food closer to that training time, and bam! All of a sudden, we start getting all these results. So, all I really ever ask people to do is whatever the hell is going to give them the best results. <laughs> um, I don't have a predetermined. Way in which people need to eat, it's just I've seen results happen in this variation, so I get people closer to it as whatever we need to get the results we want. So tracking calories every day, protein every day, some attention to timings, that way it's consistent. We'd, again, we want to control our surpluses and deficits, have it be very predictable for the body, so that way we don't have to store and hold on to more body fat than what we would ideally want for performance or aesthetics then i actually ask them to start tracking sugars so maybe we'll start right away maybe i wait on that one but that's the when i'm talking about nutrition focused progressions hydration calories protein and timing are the first things i start with i try to get a person to be consistent with those once they're consistent with those we'll tend to add in sugars or as they start to ask questions Or as I start to look through their their food selections. So if I look and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, they're hitting their calories, they're hitting their protein, their timing's pretty good, but we have 240 grams of sugar every day, that's probably not ideal. we got to bring that down a little bit. So I'll introduce that to them. I'll say, hey, you know, on this day we had quite a bit of sugar. It looks like we could maybe substitute this food and this food and this food, bring that sugar down. So since you're doing well with calories, protein, and timing, why don't we start kind of considering sugars? And that's the next progression. Then, inevitably, they start asking, do I, should I have, you know, how many carbs should I have a day? Should I have 200 grams, or this or that, or how many fats should I have a day? And then I have to tell them that it doesn't freaking matter at all. Uh, You don't need to prescribe, like predetermine how many carbs and fats you're going to have per day. You just kind of do that meal by meal by meal based on what you're doing that day and how you feel that day and what your food preferences are. I've helped people get on stage with six-pack abs and veins on their abs Uh, when they eat almost exclusively protein and carbs i've helped people do the same thing when they eat almost exclusively protein and fats and you can look at all the research that talks about you know like high carb versus low carb high fat versus low fat diets and when we're talking about weight control they're they're equated they're pretty equal so it's then finding the variation of the amounts of carbs and fats and the timing of those that matches that individual's preferences and needs so we do start talking about carbon fat timing uh, so that way they can start to not only be hitting calories protein timing sugar but they can also start to just feel good i want them to feel good when they eat i want them to eat a meal and feel energized i don't want them to eat a meal and feel like they have to go take a nap (laughs) so we're going to be considering that along the way and then we also look at specific foods for digestibility ease. You know, do they have bloating after certain meals? Maybe they feel kind of bloated and they're not super hungry for the next meal. And I'm like, oh, what did you have? And we find out maybe they thought, you know, brown rice was super healthy and, health, and that was a good food to have, but it leaves them bloated and feeling like, ugh. Other people might have that same feeling from oats and other people might have the same feeling from potatoes. So we just kind of modify that and switch. Like I just had a uh, one of my clients go to a gluten-free diet. She felt like absolute crap like bloated issues everywhere. She brought back some foods that might be containing gluten, uh, and but it was all within proper healthy numbers, and she's feeling great. She's back to feeling really good, and I asked her what was the, you know, why, why did you decide to try that gluten-free? And she had read a book or an article, and it was telling them, you know, about all the benefits of going uh, gluten-free. And just for her, it didn't, it didn't show. Uh, we looked through the foods she was having to make sure it wasn't, you know, uh, secondary issue causing the problems. Uh, and for as much as we could tell, uh, it wasn't, it was just her body didn't, didn't like those foods, you know, and she takes digestive aids. We, we help her with, uh, you know, make sure her gut back, uh, biome and bacteria is all correct and healthy. So it just didn't match. So for example, I eat a lot of rice, Jasmine rice, and I like rice. It, it, I feel good after eating it. I feel energetic. I feel light, but if I were to have, you know, pasta or, um, Like potatoes or oats, especially oats. I don't have good energy at all from oats. And I just kind of feel bloated and my body doesn't like it. So just trying to find the foods that have the correct um, kind of profile for your body to be able to digest well. And then we also look at more precise timing of things. If they're going to be getting ready for a workout and they're usually having a mixed carb and fat meal, I'll start to lead them into having more of a carb-dominant meal. And that tends to better match the energy they need depending on the style of training they do. If somebody does like long duration running, then fats might be okay. If somebody's doing very uh, high intensity, short duration workouts, well, then, you know, almost exclusively carbs would be better. So just matching to their individual needs. And then we also look at, uh, then the next thing kind of we like build in would be any specific considerations. So if they have cholesterol considerations, sodium considerations, we would look at that stuff as well. So, I don't know if that made it any simpler because now I feel like I probably just rambled quite a bit. But those are the components that we look at. When I look at the first, like first things, is hydration, calories, protein, and timing. Try to get those things understood with the client. Make sure that they can get consistent with those. Make sure the numbers are understandable. Uh, we, like I said, I help them find any inconsistencies they have at meeting those numbers. Problem solve, quick, easy solutions. But We try to get hydration to a healthy level. Uh, Typically, they'll give you the range, like the recommended range is 0.5 ounces up to one ounce per pound of body weight. I just look at whatever they're doing now, and if it's really a small amount of fluid, try to get them to do a little bit more. We don't try to make any crazy changes that they're not going to be able to do. It's just, you know, if you're drinking, say right now they're averaging 0.2 ounces per pound of body weight. I'm like, okay, can we get to 0.3? (laughs) once we're consistent at 0.3 we get to 0.4 but we get in the ballpark of 0.5 to 1 ounce per pound of body weight calories You can figure out calories, protein, and timing by going to our website, www.brutalirongym.com. You can go to the nutrition education page. We have a free document on that page titled How to Create Your Own Nutrition Program. You can follow that to find the right calories, protein, and timing for you. Then sugars, typically I just look at what they're doing now and try to bring it down. Uh, Usually the lowest I try to go for most people is 60 grams per day. Uh, I try to stay under 60 grams per day. Now, when I have clients who want to get on stage and look aesthetically... uh, Cleaner, we might start to kind of modify that a bit more, but that's a pretty good target for most people. Carb and fat timing it just carbs eat more carbs when you're more active, eat fats when you're less active. That tends to work very well for controlling deficits and surpluses throughout the day. Then, uh, specific foods for digestibility just uh, talk to the client and say. You know, how are you feeling throughout the day? And if they're like, "Eh, I kind of feel kind of sluggish at lunch. Or I kind of feel sluggish in the mid-afternoon. It's like, ooh, okay, what did you have for lunch? You know, and you start looking at it. And he would say, okay, maybe we can play with the carb in that meal. Or maybe if it was really high fiber, let's bring some of the fiber down. Uh, Just maybe it was a really slow digesting meat That they have. Like maybe they have a steak for lunch and you're like, oof, you got a long way to go throughout the day. Having a big heavy steak might not be the best choice. Maybe we switch that out for a leaner meat like chicken breast and all of a sudden they have really good energy in the afternoon. So it's just playing around with the digesting timing of foods. And the idea is if we're more active during the day, we want foods that digest quickly so we can actually use them during the day. When we're less active towards the evening and right before bed, we eat foods that digest slower. Because we're not going to need that food right away, but it would be nice for the body to be fueled throughout the sleeping period of the day to uh, manage muscle repair and muscle growth. So it's good to have a slower digesting protein, slower digesting energy source to fuel body adaptations and changes while we sleep. So that's some of the things we look at. And then blended into that, we always, you know, consider if they have cholesterol issues, heart like blood pressure issues. Not everybody's sensitive to sodium, but it might be worth looking at if they have blood pressure problems. If they have lactose intolerance, just don't feed them lactose. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, celiac disease, just stay away from gluten. It's uh, pretty easy when you have special conditions. We actually have a podcast about that. Let me pull that up for you, so that way you can uh, look that up if that is something you want to. Learn a little more about. Uh, so let's see here. Conditions. That would be podcast 1,882. It's a QA and a podcast titled Managing Diets for Special Conditions. Uh, pretty good title there. <laughs> but that's what we look for. And in all of these elements, we look for consistency. If you have uh, consistency, you have a known effort that is producing an outcome. So you now know this effort equals this outcome. You then can make predictions in changes of effort to predict changes of outcome. If the the effort is inconsistent, you have no freaking clue what to change to get a different outcome because you don't know what the hell you're doing now to get what you're getting now. So you have to have known effort to a known outcome so you can make progressive changes over time. Then also with developing consistency, they now have the habits so when you make changes, they can actually adhere to and actually complete those changes. And then the other benefit of healthy nutrition and proper nutrition is you actually get the benefit of your training efforts. So all the personal trainers I work with, I tell them all the time, is do not work with someone when you don't know what they're doing with their nutrition. For the love of all things good, please, 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 know what your clients are doing with nutrition. Because you will bust your ass and try to write the perfect training program. You will spend hours training them. And it will be a 100% waste in regards to adaptation outcome if they're not eating enough calories, eating enough protein. They might get happier because they're now doing something for themselves. There's a lot of other things that can be benefited for sure. Uh, so they can get emotional benefits, like uh, uh, mental benefits. You're going to get very minimal physical benefits maybe they lose weight right away first looks great wonderful but then all of a sudden their joints hurt they feel like crap and they kind of like then curse off like exercise and they're like oh that always was so bad for my knees i'm never going to exercise again and it's like damn it <laughs> it was just because you didn't eat enough protein so your body kind of tore itself apart when we were training It never fixed anything so now your knees hurt it had nothing to do with the training it was the fact that you weren't eating enough protein to support uh, maintenance and repair of the tissues that we were damaging in the gym so if your clients are not eating properly, their training efforts are going to be, I mean, my gosh. When you're looking at the physical adaptation, so let's take away the emotional benefits, the mental benefits, the, you know, the me time, all the healthy you know, other stuff. But when you're looking at, okay, I'm, I'm training to get X stronger. Like I want to I squat this and now this. I want to gain 10 pounds in my squat, 15 pounds in my squat. So if you're training for strength, If you're training to build muscle, if you're training to lose fat but also still have strength and muscle (laughs) as the fat comes off, none of that will happen if your nutrition isn't on point. None of it. So one of my clients, um, we're we've been working on it since I think November, and their nutrition is scattered, kind of who knows where it is because they're not tracking anything, they're not sending me any photos. I don't really know what they're doing, and they're telling me that they're having trouble with. You know, oh, my hamstring's tight, or oh, you know, my hip is tight, or, or this thing's happening. And I keep telling them, I'm like, well, if you're, if you're doing the, the training, but you're not eating properly, the training could actually be making you worse. So skip training one day if you need to, and learn how to use a tracking app. Skip training if you need to, and plan out some meals. I would rather they skip a workout, or two, or a week of training to get their nutrition on track. I would much rather them do that. So what we're working on is to find absolutely any degree, any degree of nutrition tracking and adherence and consistency. I just want to know what in the world they're doing so I can help them. So I offer them to just send me photos because it's like, hey, you know, I understand life being chaotic. I have had a chaotic life at times. And if the best thing you can do is remember to send me two or three photos of a meal every day, um, or if you're at the end of the meal and you go, oh, crap, I didn't send the photo. Send me a photo of the empty plate and just text me what you ate. <laughs> you know, I just, I just want them to send something. I can't help you if I don't know anything. So communication is key, and it really helps. So that way, the effort that they're putting into training is actually not tearing their body apart and making things worse. It's actually going to be able to make positive adaptations over time. Okay, so... I think I gave everything there. It probably ended up being quite rambly, but hopefully it was helpful. So that's the nutrition progressions we look for is we first make sure that our hydration, calories, protein, and timing are all somewhat within normal scopes. We would then start to pay attention to sugars, start paying attention to carbs versus fats, one of the best times to lean heavier into one versus the other during the day. Look for digestibility ease, make sure all the food's digesting well, make sure they have good energy after each meal. We want to look at more precise timing so if they've been you know eating, sometimes they eat at nine in the morning, sometimes they eat at seven, sometimes they eat at 10, but they want to get a little bit leaner. Well, let's try to narrow that window down a little bit. Let's try to get a little more precise with our timing and a little more control over surpluses and deficits. and then all of a sudden everything goes a little better. Okay? If you have any questions, if you need anything, just reach out. My email is brutalirongym at gmail.com. I do help people with uh, nutrition and training coaching, but also just nutrition only. So if you're interested in help with that. If you're a personal trainer and you own uh, any facility or you have any clients and you would like some nutritional coaching assistance, uh, I actually do that quite a bit. I have a couple facilities I do that for. I always forget to mention it in podcasts. But I love it. It's super fun. So if you're ever interested in any kind of uh, nutrition coaching, support. I would be happy to help with that. Just shoot uh, shoot me an email. My email is BrutalIronGym at gmail.com. You can also find out more about me and our services on our website, www.brutalIronGym.com. Awesome. Well, if you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful and thank you for listening.